Hey friends, it's Jocelyn at jamminwithjocelyn.com, your certified life coach helping working moms create their ideal work-life balance so they can thrive at work, at home, and in life. You're listening to the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast, the show for people who want to be inspired and live more joyfully and with awareness. I love having deep, soulful, and fun conversations about complex issues to deepen our self-awareness and compassion for ourselves and others. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode on the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast. I feel like I should go do 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 whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, we have a fun episode today. Another one during Teacher Appreciation Week. And so I have my guest Erica So, and I want to do a little uh, story about how we met. Once again, another story about how social media can connect you with amazing people. Because I know in other episodes, I've talked about that before, but I'm talking about it again. So <laughs> Erica and I met actually through, yeah, through social media. I attended this workshop and she was also in the workshop. And um, the coach that she was working with at the time connected us. And that's how we met. And we connected on being educators and then also entrepreneurs at the time, which we still are. And so that's how we met. And that's the great thing about social media, whether I love it sometimes and I hate it sometimes. But let me do a formal introduction of Erica. She is a happiness coach and a middle school teacher who has learned how to turn her high sensitivity into her superpower. She is the founder of Begin Branching Out, which empowers change makers to create space for rest and play instead of and pouring endlessly from an empty cup. When she's not working with clients or students, she's playing games with her family, journaling, or cuddling with her animals. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you, Jocelyn. I'm so excited to be here. It's great being with fellow educators and just in this wellness space. Like it's so different kind of like bouncing between the world of coaching and bouncing in the world of education with the kiddos and the staff. So I love that we can bounce back and forth together. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 if you guys are to tune in in our com- like off off podcast conversation we just had, it's like we would say something and we would be like, mm-hmm. you know, one of those things where like you just know, you don't have to explain it, you just know. So this Usually is you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so th- today we're gonna have a conversation about like rest and play, like the importance of rest and play, because I know you talk a lot about it as a happiness coach, but. From this perspective as a coach and also an educator, like this is like, I'm so excited about what, what our conversation, where this is going to go. So let's start with like, how did you land into being a happiness coach and talking about rest and play and working with your clients about rest and play? Can you share with us about that? Absolutely. So, uh, how did it begin? 2019. I moved to Los Angeles because I was dating someone and I wanted to give it real chance. I moved down here from the Bay Area. Um, And in short, I was exhausted, overwhelmed, like crying. So like one of my things in the classroom was that I was crying all the time. Um, If you're a teacher, I don't know if you've experienced that, but I've heard (laughs) it's very common. Um, And I will say I'm definitely probably on the side of crying more often and more publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like my kids would always ask, Miss, why are you crying? 
Um, and so it just became this thing. Even like one day I went into school and my supervisor, who's one of the assistant principals, um, you could tell I was upset and he's like, are you okay? And I just burst into tears and he like hugged me and he's like, are you okay? Like, and then I just like word vomited, like all about my relationship and how stressed out I was. And like, it was bad. Like I was in a really bad place. Um, and essentially the guy that I was dating at the time, my partner was just so wrapped up with work and so worried about money. And so I guess like anxious about what, what could happen if like I wasn't making enough money. And so he was kind of pressuring me, like, you need to make more money. I don't want you to be a teacher. And so I was like trying to get into these different jobs. And so I was like, I want to do uh, management consulting for like nonprofits and I want to do this and that. And so at the time there was like this Facebook ad, which you're all very familiar with, like mm-hmm. Facebook ads, know you. they know you better than you know yourself. Mm. So I read this Facebook ad about like, are you burnt out? Like, are you tired of running the rat race? And like, I was like, oh my God, they wrote this for me. <laughs> And so I like, of course I clicked into it and you know, like when you buy those cute, like socks with the cats on the back, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes. except this was coaching. It was a very different experience, right? It's not like a $20 throwaway. No, um, it was my first coaching experience. And of course I was crying on the coaching call because he like got to the point. He's like, I feel like you're distracted. And I'm like, no, I really need this. Like, I need you to help me. Like, I'm not happy. Like, this is not cool. Um, And it's interesting too, because at the time I was like, I want to work with a woman coach. I want to work with a woman of color. He was a Mm -hmm. white male Mm -hmm. and he just had me in like the, the, the place, right. He's like, he's, I know what you need. This is what you need. And so I worked with him for three months. Um, I was a little stubborn. So he ended up like stretching out my contract and we worked together like five months. Mm -hmm. Um, but in that time he helped me realize that I wanted to leave my job. I needed to get out of the classroom so that I could work on myself. Mm. Uh, he also helped me realize that I did not want to be a management consultant. That was part of why I picked him is because working with him, I learned that he was a management consultant and he's like, after very, very quickly, we realized that was not the work that I wanted to do (laughs) because I like working with people. And so we realized I didn't want to do that. I needed to get out of the classroom. I should not be dating this guy that was not spending much time with me. Um, And I just learned a lot about myself and emotions and just like who I was and who I was trying to be because of everyone else. Mm. And from there, like we realized, oh, you want to be a coach. Like you want to coach other people. You want to help with people. You're a very people person. And from there, like I stopped crying in the classroom so much. And that's not to say like it never happened again. Um, But I talked with my husband who was actually (laughs) one of my coworkers, like kind of supporting me through these crying sessions uh, who and now we're married. <laughs> we got married last summer, 2022. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, like I said, like after having worked with this coach who found me through, or I find him through a Facebook ad, like I completely changed my life, right? I like took yeah. accountability for where I was. I was able to recognize what I wanted and realize that like I was doing all these things that other people wanted, um, my husband that I, that I love so much, he lets me be myself. And I told him, I was like, I feel like this is the first time I like, don't have to pretend like I can be mm. who I am, do whatever I want to do and like not hold anything back or like try to, you know what I mean? Like have yeah. any kind of mask on. And so coaching really has helped me like peel off all my masks and understand who I am and what I am and like what I want to do and like, what's important to me and just reflect on my values and 
I've worked with a lot of coaches since then. And it's just been so powerful to be in the place that I am now where it's just like unapologetically me and not have to like worry about what other people think and just do me. Like it's, it's amazing. I love, I love where I am now. And I'm so thankful that I always say, I'm like, I love Facebook ads. (laughs) I'm so thankful. (laughs) I found that Facebook ad. Um, yeah, of course there's like other things to that capitalism. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'll stop but there, it spoke but, to you, but it spoke yeah, to you at the it, right it changed moment. My life. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know, maybe it would have happened another way, but like, that was my turning point. So yeah, I guess that's how I started. Is that, yeah, that <laughs> answer so, all the questions? I mean, that's like, that's so cool because it's like what you were seeking out for yourself is what's turned into your own work of serving others. Like Absolutely. that's, that's powerful. Like, okay. Everyone sit with that. It's like where you are where like your own growth creates that own change outwardly. Like that's, that's pretty cool. If you don't think that's pretty cool, I'm going to tell you that's pretty cool. <laughs> so <laughs> It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think, guys. This is where you can be unapologetically you and you don't have to prove to anyone, right? Like, like that, that's what it is. And I like how you said like for all our educators, right? Like crying, yes, crying happens, but there's a difference between when I was listening to your story, like the frequency and where you, where I noticed like you felt like it was happening to you and there was, there was like how, what, I don't have agency. Why is this happening to me? But then you totally did a 180 of like, I still cry, but I have agency over that and I understand why. And, and now it's like, you know, now I understand why you're happiness coach, right? Like it's not about toxic positivity, everyone. This is different. Like, this is like, would you say it's like, internal how would you yeah how would you describe that so it's really interesting because as I was getting into like the branding of being a happiness coach I got a lot of resistance from like copywriters and people they're like well happiness isn't like something you always have it's kind of fleeting like you don't want to you don't want that to be your title you don't want that to be your like brand and I was like I do because I'm kind of stubborn I'm an Aries I don't know (laughs) I'm not really super into astrology stuff but like I know there's like the fiery whatever Mm -hmm. very stubborn but now I've kind of been playing with it a lot more and I'm like kind of shifting towards being an emotional wellness coach mm-hmm. and it sounds I don't know I like the like joy of like being a happiness coach but in reality mm-hmm. it's like my husband asked me he's like how do you measure your like year after a school year has happened like mm-hmm. how do you what's your metric for knowing like if it was a good school year or not and I paused for a minute and I kind of laughed. <laughs> I, I like literally laughed when, when I like after I figured out what it was. And I was like, my, my emotional wellness, like, how mm-hmm. did I feel? And I was like, like, to be blunt, it's like, how many times did I cry that, that year? Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> I was That's a good metric <laughs> all the time. Right. Yeah. Like my kids yeah. are like, miss, why do you cry so much? Like all this stuff about like being overwhelmed. And that was like my way of like, setting my boundary. Like, this is too much. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Like I need to get out. And where I'm at now is just like realizing, like, I don't need to cry to set that boundary. Like I can ask for help before I get to that point where I feel Mm. like I need to cry. Cause I feel like a lot of the times like crying would come when I felt like I couldn't verbalize or I couldn't put into words what I was experiencing and what I needed. So I couldn't ask for it. Right. And so I would just cry and then people would offer things and then I'd be able to say yes, no, yes, no. Right. Yeah. Um, but now I'm at the point where like I was telling him, I was like, I think I've cried maybe two, maybe three times this school year. Um, and if you're a teacher that taught pre and post pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jocelyn and I were just talking about how you yes. was like one of the roughest 
sorry, the roughest school year, despite having taught like long time, like everyone says the first year of teaching is the hardest. That's not the case. If you taught in anywhere in the pandemic, like that transition back in 2022 was by far the hardest year because of, I think for me, I realized it was like the social dynamic that the kids like were missing. Yeah. Right. They always say that like school is for like learning and stuff and the kids like learn how to meet each other. And it's like, you saw it like as a a classroom teacher in that time, Mm -hmm. you saw how important it is to have like for kids and people to have experience and practice interfacing with other people. (laughs) (laughs) Erica just did a little dance move. (laughs) I'm being a robot. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. It's, it's like, yeah, I, I love how the shift and reframe of happiness to emotional well-being, because if you tend to your emotional well-being, that's where the joy and the the emotion of happiness comes. You know, it really is about, you know, for us as educators, like it's tending to our emotional wellness. So I'm curious, like you talk a lot about rest and play. How does that play into tending to our emotional wellness? really interesting that like the way you asked that because I think the the rest and play in the emotional wellness is being there's this other podcast I listen to I don't know if you've heard of it it's called uh, the happiness playbook and they have mm-hmm. something called play theory it's really interesting because they actually started as like a improv school and so like they were teaching improv but then they noticed this pattern of like the importance of play and so they turned it into an acronym so play is like an acronym for like these different like elements of what you do to like be more at ease and Mm. so check them out that's a great podcast happiness playbook um and i actually made anchor charts teachers out there oh yes (laughs) okay let's talk about anchor charts (laughs) of each letter and i had it at my house Uh right and then i was like i should bring this to school so like now it's a reminder for me um and again, going back to like this emotional well-being and the emotional wellness is like, I realize like it, it's not all happy, like butterflies and rainbows, right? Yeah. Like you can't lean into that. That's, that is toxic positivity. Right. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of part of what led me to kind of shifting where I am. Like, I was like, this is some shadow work, right? You need to be able to lean into those negative emotions and knowing like, it's not necessarily negative, right? We usually associate them as positive and negative mm-hmm. and really it's just all information. Yeah. It's data. Emotions are just information. Like you're responding, like, is this, is this helping me or is this possibly hurting me? Right. Mm-hmm. And when you feel sad, mad, angry, like upset, frustrated, right. It's not that like you shouldn't do that thing. It's like, maybe that's just not the right time or maybe that's not the right person or maybe that's not the right thing. And so it's just showing you a boundary and yeah. that's super important, right? Like if you're never angry or sad, it means like, my thing is it's begin branching out, right? Like you yeah. should be like, I think it's really important to get out of your comfort zone so you can meet new people and try new things and see the world because, oh my gosh, soapbox. I yes, think a go. lot of people, <laughs> I've gotten into fights with my some of my like best friends about this. Um, but I very firmly believe there's no such thing as a bad person, mm-hmm. right? There's that saying, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. People only do bad things in reaction to something else that has like something bad happened to them. And so I very firmly believe that if we're able to help people embrace their quote unquote negative emotions as information and respond to that information accordingly, right. And give them the resources and normalize like experiencing those quote unquote negative emotions and not having to hide them. 
all this stuff, like school shootings, all these killings, like homicide, just like all of that, I feel like is misplaced emotional constipation. Constipation. (laughs) Hey, that's a new phrase ever. Emotional constipation. It's been, it's been like, like just sitting there festering and it hasn't been addressed. Like we just don't, we don't address. And that judging part, it's like, I, I call it the ego likes to judge ourselves. Like we call, you know, in coaching, we say the inner critic. Like we like to judge ourselves and make, and it's like, make ourselves feel bad, which you guys, that sounds, it sounds insane. (laughs) Like it sounds insane. But I, I, I like how you said, like, it's all like the question to, to ask yourself is your perspective on the world, on people that you interact with. Like I, I, I feel the same way that I feel like everyone has a good heart. Everyone has some has goodness in them. And that's, and then just trying to accept them where they are based on the emotional, where they are emotionally well-being. That's not even a phrase, emotionally. And yeah. just, you know, it's, it's data. Data doesn't have, data is neutral. It's just information. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It- it's so interesting too, when you were like kind of talking about like where, like emotional wellness, like it has this like judgment piece, right? Where yeah. is it positive or negative? When you say wellness, again, I'm doing air quotes, wellness. Uh-huh. And it's like, how, how well, again, we're using this wellness thing. How well <laughs> regulated are you, right? Like, are mm. you able to buffer yourself that if someone is angry at you, are you able to dissociate and know that's them? That's not me. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking responsibility for how you feel. I am not responsible for how you feel. I don't care if that's your boss, your coworker, your kid, like you are not responsible for their, their, their emotional state. Right. Maybe you have a part in it, but like, if they're feeling something, like, I think the most important thing you can do is allow them to communicate how they're feeling and, and, and normalize it. Right. And like legitimize whatever they're feeling, because whatever they're feeling is what they're feeling. That is their experience from Mm -hmm. their perspective. And even if you think and you assume they should be experiencing it a different way, you won't know unless you genuinely stop and ask them and let them speak about how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do we tend to that emotional? Like if, if I'm like in this place, like I'm a teacher, right. Or I'm an educator and I'm going to go back to last school year where there were so many emotions of like first like overwhelmed to the point where like I'm crying in my car right like and so like how do you tend to that you know as how do you tend to tend to that and you know like I don't know does does like incorporating integrating like allowing ourselves to rest to be able to tend to our emotions I don't yeah that's I guess like my question it's like what are different ways that we can tend to our emotional wellness right and not feel like we're taking in everyone else's and 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 not projecting onto others like that's that's the hard part <laughs> it's it's so funny right now i'm yeah. just kind of pausing i've like mm. i took this other course about like i can't remember what it was but it was like men and women all this stuff and it's like usually if you just pause for 10 seconds people will keep talking mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't say anything and they'll just keep going <laughs> and it's like people are really uncomfortable with space. Right. Mm. And that makes it so that people are not able to say what they want to say because they feel like they have to just keep talking or they have to get the other person to talk. And 
we need to, right? Like, yeah. But the the first thought that came in my head was like, oh, when you take a sick day, right? This is very also triggering for me as Mm -hmm. a teacher. And like, I'm sure for other educators, anyone that's like looked into like the politics of sick days for teachers, like you can't cash them out. You have to use them. Like in my district, I feel like there was a point when you capped it. So if you didn't, it's like use it or lose lose it. it. Right. Mm-hmm. You'll actually lose your sick hours. You can't mm-hmm. cash them out. Like when yeah. I moved school districts, I was like, I never took a sick day and I have all these hours and they're just, they're like, they're going to be here if you come back. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I should have just taken these days off. Like, but then you also know when you take a day off, you have to do the sub plans and then the, mm-hmm. the room is destroyed. In my case, I feel like I had a lot of things that were stolen or broken or whatever. And I'm like, uh, it's not worth it. Right. But it is like, take your sick days. Um, and then also people always talked about like taking mental health days. I know some teachers like proactively will take one month, uh, one month, one day a month. Cause that's usually how much you accrue it, right. Wherever you are, you probably have accrued more than the one, <laughs> one, one a month, month yeah. actually accruing now. So, um, your body will shut down, right. When you're at the point of stress and overwhelm and it's at that point, like your body will set a boundary for you. Like that's when you get sick. That's that's when you have a lot going on. So you can either react, right? Your body can shut down and tell you you need to stop or you can cry in the classroom, right? All these like boundaries that your body will set for you or you can rest and play and understand where that boundary is so you can cut it off before you hit that spot of like losing, losing it, right? Yeah, yeah. That, okay, right there, what you said is like, if you, if you, don't know your boundary, your body's going to let you know. Like, I think that's something that I personally didn't know until the, like, until I started (laughs) receiving my own coaching of knowing my boundary of like, why was I, you know, getting sick so much when I would be, was when I, in my first couple of years of teaching, you know, it was because my body was telling me, yo, you got to slow the F down, you know, (laughs) you got to slow the F down. Or like I was, you know, not getting good sleep. It's it's like your body's just telling you slow the F down, you know? And so that's so key. It's like, I totally believe that your body is always telling you information. It's up to us if we are listening to it. But say more about the boundaries. Like, I just want to touch on like what you just said about yeah. like your body is always taking information, right? Like it's just... We are kind of like machines, but we're better. <laughs> yes. We're constantly collecting data. And it's just like, I think sometimes we don't, we don't, we haven't practiced speaking the language, right? Like our, our bodies are constantly communicating with us, but we don't realize it because we're not listening for it, right? We haven't learned that language. Mm. Um, and the thing that like made that light bulb go off for me when you were just speaking is you were saying, yeah, your body will shut down. And it's like, there's con- they're constant, your body's constantly collecting information and communicating with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think the first piece, right, is your mental health. And so if you can pay attention to how you're feeling, like mentally, what, do, what is your emotional state, right? That's like the precursor for your physical body to shut down, mm-hmm. right? When you start getting mm-hmm. sick and your immune system is going and all this other stuff. And so when you think about that boundary, right, if you can be in tune and be aware of that mental state of how you're feeling and, and using that, those emotions as information, then your body prob- will, will probably not shut down as often, or maybe not at all. Right. If you're mm-hmm. in an emotional state where you can listen to your mind and your, your mental wellness, then your body is not going to have to like scream. Right. 
when you're throwing up, when you're like sick, when you have infections, all this stuff is your body screaming, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's like, the other thing with boundaries is consent. I think that's something like a big thing that's relatively new. Mm -hmm. Um, I was even just talking with my friend about consent. Right. And she was saying her boss (laughs) is kind of like an old school guy. And he like told his kid to go hug her goodbye. And then she was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Like hugs are consensual, right? Like you don't tell your kid to hug someone. Like you can ask them, do you want to hug her? Um, And I feel like not, that's like not only with kids and hugs, it's just like anything, right? Like one of my coaches that I'm working with right now is she's so good. She always asks me, she's like, can I share a story with you? Or like, can I give you some advice? Like I'm paying her to do that. Yeah. (laughs) But she does a great job of like always asking Right. And just always having those checkpoints, like, is this what you want? Right. And so I know I'm going to say yes, but I just having that experience of her asking me each time has reminded me of the importance of making sure other people have consent. Right. If I'm going to share, like sometimes we're sharing stories with our friends or our friends are sharing stories with us. And it's this whole thing of like, do you want me to just listen? Do you want advice? Mm -hmm. Like, do you want me to echo back? Like, what do you want? Right. And so you ask before you just word vomit again and tell <laughs> all about your opinion which they didn't want to hear in the first place um there's so much there's so much here jocelyn <laughs> there's so oh my gosh we could go in so many directions but you got y'all this is like i this really brings up this thought of like you know there's this whole narrative of you know we're in a crisis in the education field right we don't have enough teachers we're losing teachers and the teachers that we have like Erica, who's, who's in the profession still like, and I remember saying this myself is people are not hearing us, us as in the educators, people are not hearing us. They're not seeing us. They're not, they're not hearing what our needs are. And it points to that. What you were saying is I'm trying to go with my train of thought and it's starting to fade right now. But it's like, it's, it's one of those things where you said, um, remind me, let's see. I just totally lost my train of thought. Everyone I'm it's coming. Hold on. Consent. <laughs> yeah. Consent. So yes, like, yeah. Listening. Consent. So consent. Thank you. <laughs> so like this whole consent where, you know, yes, some administration districts are trying to throw things to help educators and I'm I'm not trying to bash on y'all if you're an administrator or a district person I'm not trying to bash I'm just saying it's like that points to the consent it's do we know what all our educators are needing have we asked them did we ask for their consent right like did we ask for their consent to throw them PD about you know like social emotional learning for you, but is that really what they need? Right? Like, it's like you're, we're doing all these, throwing all these resources and things like that to try to support our educators. But is that what they need? Have we asked their consent? And it sounds like from what you were saying, that was like a big light bulb for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is why educators keep saying we don't feel supported. We haven't gotten their consent. We're going to take a quick break for a quick announcement. I'm so excited to share a free resource that I've created for you. It's called the Teacher's Corner Wellness Resources. It's your one-stop shop resource space 
that supports your mental and emotional well-being. And in this space, you'll find information and access to educator online community and spaces and access to people who are doing the work to support your well-being, books that supports your well-being and emotional well-being, um, podcasts, and also tools and resources that you can download, but also access to websites that also provide even more tools. So this is a free resource for you and all your teacher and educator friends to access the Teacher Corner's wellness resources space. You can find the link in the show notes. We're, we're thinking here. There's so much again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, oh my I think gosh. that just, I think that just came to mind right now. I was like, why is it that, and I, I'm going to say this as a, as a coach too, because like, you know, I, you know, I, when I started my coaching business, I was coaching educators, right? It, it was literally emotional wellness coaching for educators because we pandemic y'all, it was, it's hard. <laughs> so, but at the same time, I, myself as a coach guilty of it, didn't, didn't know, or even sometimes like putting yourself out there, here is something, but it's also like consent. Is this what you need? And also at the same time, I think it's like, asking our educators like what is it that you need and then that goes points back to what you were saying Erica is like tuning into what is it that you need it's so like there's so much there's so many layers right it's it's yeah. super interesting so yeah. like there's like five things I want to say I'm going to start with one and Go. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um the biggest one I'm thinking of that like again light bulb light mm -hmm. bulb <laughs> Um, it's just like the classroom is a microcosm of society. What? I, I'm sitting in because I got to take that in. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> like I'm always kind of reflecting, right. Is like the things I do for my students yeah. are the things that I think my admin should be doing for me. Right. And there's that should. I don't know if we've used mm -hmm. that word yet this this podcast, but mm -hmm. um, should as in the values that I'm placing on my like others. Right. We should when we feel like this is the way it should be is it's those expectant expectations are putting on someone else, whether that's actually another person or ourselves in the past or ourselves in the future. Mm. Right. And so when I'm in the classroom and I'm expected to do like 15 minute chunks and have these brain breaks and do all these checks for understanding and teach my kids so that they're talking a lot. And then I end my day, say bye to my kids, give them their elbow bumps at the door, make sure the chairs are up. <laughs> then, then I get to the PD and then they stand up there and talk at me for two hours. Uh -huh. Like, hi, is there a reason for this to be live? <laughs> can this be a, can, can you send me this as a video? Like, why am I here? <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be doing all this stuff as a teacher and you're just going to sit here and talk, talk at me the way that you're telling us not to teach. Mm -hmm. Right. I always think that's ironic. And it's like, yeah, this is going in so many directions. Cause I'm like thinking yeah. about this, like we need to prepare our kids, right. To be able to sit there and lecture and like sit and, and process information in lecture format. And then it's like, do I? Do, do we need to prepare our kids for that? Like, is that really where the world is going? That they're, when they're in the workforce, that they need mm -hmm. to sit through lectures? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's the point? Like, we want to make sure there is information and feedback. And that another big thing is communication. 
right? Yeah. How do we communicate and check? And again, the, the classroom being a microcosm for society is where are those frequent checks for understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with what's happening? If you're an admin and you're providing this PD that your teachers asked for, did you ask, like, maybe they said they needed it and then you gave them something and it wasn't actually what they wanted, but you thought it was, they should need this, right? Quotes. Quotes, yeah. Quote, <laughs> this unquote. is what you yeah. said you wanted. And yeah. you're like, yeah. well, not really. Like, maybe you heard me, but you misheard me. And so it's this exchange going back and forth. Miscommunication. When we're talking, we make sure we understand and we're echoing back and like hearing what we're saying rather than you say something, I say something, okay, conversation's over, right? Or you say something and I stare at you and you continue talking. I have no idea where I am. You just continue talking because you assume I should understand, right? All this stuff going on. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many things. I, that microcosm of a society, it's like, you know, the checks for understanding, right? Okay. Teachers, we're all good at doing that. Right. Right. Or I don't know. I'm, that's an assumption, but it's like, you know, we, ch- we check in with our students, right. To see like what's working well, you know, I don't know if, you know, in your classroom, you do like roses and thorns at the end of the day, or just like, you know, um, but it's one of those things of like, when you were saying the communication first thing that I was like, oh, what you're really talking about is, are we actively listening? And I'm saying this as a coach. Like, are we actively listening? Look, educators, we're your coaches too. You're coaches for your kids. So are we actively listening, not only to ourselves, but like to our students and then administrators, are we actively listening to the people that you're leading your your staff and even though that's so interesting you're like even though your staff said they wanted this pd what is it about that they were really wanting it it might not be just the pd because that seems really simple let me find someone to do the pd but beneath that underneath that like it's like getting curious like getting more curious about what it is in terms of you know when someone's communicating with you right like yeah. Oh my gosh. We're going okay. deep, everyone. It's, it's like, it's branching out into these, all these like little avenues. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to listen, but I want to talk about this and not forget this. Yes. And like, oh my gosh. Like, this is great. I'm so engaged right now, Jocelyn. I'm this is, loving this, is- this conversation. I wish whoever's listening could also pipe in so that they yeah. give us feedback. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would love, love part of it. I really want to know. I really want to know like, like teachers and educators, or even if you're administrators, right? Like if you're listening in, like I, we would love to know like your thoughts because like y'all let's save this profession. <laughs> yeah. If teaching goes away, I don't know where the world's going to go. It's scary. Like That's even kind of now, if you've been in the classroom in 2022, 2023, whatever, mm-hmm. if you've been in the classroom, you know how scary it is seeing my kids sixth or eighth grade are writing. Can't read it. Yeah. <laughs> they can't add, they can't multiply they don't have grammar. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know where the world's going to go. We're relying on computers, but these people don't know how to use computers. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. So I think the big thing I wanted to just like stamp and make sure is like, it's all about communication. Mm. At the end of the day, everything is communication yeah. for us to be able to listen. And like, when you communicate, you need 
you don't need to know anything. <laughs> no. It's best, in my opinion, when you are able to communicate with yourself first. Ooh, say that one more time because people need to know that first. <laughs> you, everyone listening, even if you're by yourself or you left this on and you're in the other room, listen. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Come back to the room. Um, you need to be able to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're trying to offer, let, I'm just going to put, let's put let's some perspective here. If you mm-hmm. are the teacher and your kid's not doing that work, right? The big part of this year of why it's been so good for me is because I'm listening to my kids. Mm-hmm. You think they're just being a little jerk there and they don't want to do it because they don't like you. It's not about you. They have something going on. Yeah. Maybe their mom yelled at them that morning. Maybe they didn't eat. Maybe their dog died. These are all things that's happened. And you don't know that, right? They're just putting their head down, either crying or angry. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go. We're going to talk about anger. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So many things. And you don't know how they feel. And you're not going to find out how they feel if you're angry that they're not listening to you. Because now you're making it about your ego and your emotions, but it's not about you. It's about them. They mm-hmm. don't care what's going on in your life. They're a kid. I don't care if they're 17, 18, they're still a kid. Right. And they don't fully understand their emotions. If they're in middle school, bonus, bonus points for the changing hormones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, and so again, like I said, I've had way fewer problems in my classroom this year because anytime there's an issue, I'm able to realize it's not about me, right? It's never about me. Like the kid, like there's something going on in their life and they haven't been able to address it appropriately, Mm -hmm. right? Either no one has asked them or they haven't had the resources or the time, right? Or their family's not able to hear them or their family's not asking them. Their teachers aren't listening or asking them. Mm-hmm. right and so when I can just slow down and realize okay how's your emotional wellness like what do you need right now again they don't know what they need they're just pissed yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. and so it's like this whole other layer of like when you're a teacher is like okay not only do you need to listen to the kid you need to help the kid listen to themselves and understand what's going on and that's even harder I think I'm not a parent yet <laughs> <laughs> That's even harder than being a parent, like when you're a parent, because that's your kid and you're building this relationship, right? And hopefully you're teaching them emotional wellness and and like being able to listen to yourself. And like when you're talking to your students, right, you don't know how much emotional capacity they have or what they've been taught. Or so often parents tell their kids how they should be feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a kid, my parents, (laughs) I was not allowed to be angry. I was not allowed to be sad. That was like a whole other thing, right? That's something else I've been processing. But when our kids are like angry, sad, upset, like their body, when they cry, when they scream, that is literally like a guttural reaction, right? They Mm -hmm. can't control it. They don't understand what's happening. It just comes out. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's my job as a teacher to help them learn about their emotions and their body and all this stuff, right? And understand how to listen to themselves. Yeah. Because then they can communicate better. (laughs) well and that's the thing it's like you know as a as a teacher and also me as right now I'm I'm a parent of a preteen so it's like 
it's like, how do you, in to do that, you have to be able to do that for yourself. Like, because like in those moments, oh my God, I've had so many moments with like, not only my kids, my own kids, but like my students, it's like, you get sucked into the emotion of your, of your student or your kid. And so if you, if it's like, if you have the ability and practice of tuning into yourself in that moment, that 10 second pause that you said earlier, like take that pause, tune into yourself, what's happening with your emotions so that you don't add to the energy of your student or your child, but you can tune in, separate, and then be grounded. I know that's a very coachy term right now, but be grounded to be able to communicate and hold space. Like that's like, I think that's the part where it's like, I don't know, as it, as I didn't realize this until last year or even two years ago, it's like in order to, as a, as an educator and as a parent, in order to tend to the emotional wellness of my students or my kid and to be able to communicate in a way that I can actively listen, I have to, like you said, listen to myself first, like tend to myself first. Otherwise, it's going to be a shit show. (laughs) You cursed. (laughs) I totally cursed. (laughs) Y'all, I said, you know, careful who's listening. (laughs) Miss Jocelyn. (laughs) That's that's kids. Um, Yes. And for any teachers out there, you know that when you get to a standard and you're like, I don't know how clouds form. What do you do? You have to go learn it. (laughs) Right. You can't do so. You can't teach something that you don't know. And so like this whole like process of growing up, right? When you're a kid, you think that everybody knows everything and the world is figured out. Right. And then you start getting older and you're like, wow, now I know everything. Right. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the shit. Cause you yeah, said I'm the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cursing's allowed everyone. <laughs> um, and then from there you realize, oh, I'm actually not the shit. I know a little bit and I actually don't know anything. And then, yeah. and you get to this point again, right? Where you know nothing. You realize how much information is out there and how much nobody knows, right? Because it, we're still exploring this amazing world that we are all a part of. And when you're teaching, it's all this self-awareness, right? How much do you mm-hmm. know? How much are you aware of what you don't know? And are you being transparent about that with the kids? Mm, right like I feel like that's another big thing that kids get this impression (laughs) okay I have another funny story they get this impression that like teachers know everything adults Mm -hmm. know everything Mm -hmm. right and I saw this meme the other day I can't remember I'm gonna butcher it but the gist was oh back in my day we didn't have the internet we just (laughs) asked on Sally and she told us the wrong answer and we told everyone else the wrong answer. We, and we misunderstood something for years, right? It's like, now I'm 30, whatever, or now I'm 52. And I still think that like sucking on a blister makes it better. I don't know. I just told yeah. me. That was weird, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you before mean. The internet. <laughs> and as a kid was like, oh yeah. So back before the internet, you just didn't know things. It's like, oh, oh you know everything now because there's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We're that and that points to like, you know, I mean, you say, I don't know, as a teacher, I always said, I'm a lifelong learner. We're all lifelong learners. 
like you, yeah, it's like when you think, you know, you actually don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's a sign of ignorance. When you think, you know, everything it's like, nope, you don't even know how much you don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's like, yeah, it's going back to like pointing back to, you know, tuning into yourself. Like it starts with you. It, It starts with you. Right. Like it, I, I'm going to go back to that point or in conversation of like the consent. It's like in order to give, in order to share what's, you know, what you can, what you want to consent to is what is to know yourself, like know Mm -hmm. your boundary, know your needs, right? Like prime example with that PD part, it's like, we need PD for this. Okay. What is the need there? Do you know? Like, like that's the, that's the part. It's like, yeah. It, I mean, like if I was thinking like an administrator of a school, oh, my, I, you know, my staff is super stressed. Do you know what they need? Do they even know what they need? <laughs> like I, I would have to say sometimes in my career, I didn't know what I needed because I was super overwhelmed and I was just d- drowning in my tears or anger, or I was, you know, trying to teach while I was sick, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Cause you want to make the lesson plans and have your classroom turn into a tornado landing, um, and this is like coming back full circle, right? So we've talked yeah. about consent. We've talked about communication. Yep. We've talked about like presence and awareness. And so it's like, if you're not present, right? If you're not there with yourself, being able to listen to your body that you're angry, sad, pissed off, excited, happy, celebrating, whatever. If you're not aware of where you are, you cannot communicate that, right? Mm-hmm. And you cannot set that boundary because you have no idea where the boundary is and you can't do consent. Right. You can't ask for consent or or ask someone, uh, give consent to someone else if you can't communicate how you're doing because you don't even know where you are. Right. And yeah. if, you don't, <laughs> if you don't let other people do that, if you don't give them that space to reflect. I think that's one of the big problems nowadays mm. is that we are so input driven. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything's input, just like the lecture. You're just going to like this. All this sounds going in one ear, going out the other. There's nothing happening in between the ears. Right. (laughs) You need the process. Yes. There's no time for integration. Integration. Like, like if we come back to this whole concept of like, like you talk about in your, you coach your clients through rest and play, like, but you, it, to get there is like, you need, just need to give yourself space to integrate, right? Like integrate what you are learning about yourself right? Integrate what you were learning about your boundaries, what you want, what you, your needs are, what you feel like you can consent to, right? Like, inter, like it's integration, space to integrate. Cause it's like, yeah, there's so much information like, oh, social, emotional wellness for yourself. Okay. But you can take it in, but then how is it really playing, like integrating and playing out how you live your life? Cause if it's not changing how you live your life and how you engage, then it's just information in when you're out the other, just like for our students, you know? It's so interesting. Like, I think one of the things, again, I've been going to so many like coaching things and workshops and, and masterclasses and all of these things. And like, I had this epiphany one time, I went to a workshop um, and she's a storyteller. So she helped you share your story. And her workshop, I think was an hour or 90 minutes. In that hour or 90 minutes, I think she maybe talked for half an hour. 
Mm, that's powerful. The rest, the rest of the workshop was space for you to reflect and write and just be with yourself. And that's something I've learned about coaching, right? Is like, mm-hmm. you were talking about holding space, but literally like coaching a lot of the time is like holding space for your client to process, right? And so ideally you get to the point where you feel comfortable processing on your own, mm-hmm. right? And there's other pieces I always like, say, like to say is like, you don't need a coach, right? Basketball players don't need a coach, right? They don't need it. You don't need to do anything. There's other like no. language, mm-hmm. right? And it helps, right? You're going to get there a lot faster. You're going to get a lot better when you have a coach, right? And so even though I've worked with so many coaches for so many years, like I still want a coach because I want to get better, right? Mm-hmm. It's important to me. So my coach can hold space for me to reflect and then also do that like check for understanding. It's like, hey, I just heard you say X, Y, Z. Like, did you realize that? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, am- it's, it's so powerful, right? When you are processing and then someone else, sometimes they just echo it back to you. Honestly, that happened with one of my first clients is we were having our session and she was just explaining to me where she was. Mm-hmm. She said something kind of profound and she said something about like being miserable at her job. And I just repeated it. I literally just repeated the words she had just said. And I was like, I heard you say this. Is that, is, did you, is that what you mean? Like, do you, are you really feeling this? She was like, oh my God. And her mind was blown. Right. I did like, honestly, I, I feel weird taking credit for helping her transform her life. Like she literally quit her job, moved across the country, did something else. Now she is loving her life because I echoed back that like one line in our coaching session. And sometimes that's all it takes is to have that processing time and to bring awareness (laughs) to what you're experiencing and Mm. being able to listen to yourself. And the other piece of that is trust yourself, right? When This is just like the admin, right? Maybe your teacher said they needed this, right? But then they might give it to the teachers and the teachers are not ready. They don't think it's right. Or maybe it's on the other side, right? Like they, they said it and then the, the admin didn't check and it's not even the right thing. So it's like knowing, okay, I said this, I'm communicating this, I'm processing this. Is that actually it, right? Is that mm-hmm. the right thing that I'm looking for? And so we're just learning how to be aware, right? Like what is going on with us? It's awareness. It's a, it's awareness. Like it's awareness of, yeah, of your, of yourself. Like if you don't have awareness of yourself, then it's like, how, how can you, how can you create change in your, you know, change in your life? It's like waking up. Okay. Here's a spiritual sense, awakening everyone. <laughs> that's what, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's like waking up to knowing yourself. And when you wake up knowing yourself, then you can hold space for yourself is what you're saying. And you then you can hold space for others. But if you can't hold, it's like, yeah, you can't teach if you haven't learned that yourself. It's And it's not just talking, it's modeling too. You know, like we talk about that as a lot as teachers, you model for your students how to do a certain problem. But like, if we're wanting to be foster the social emotional wellness of our students, we need to model that for ourselves too. Okay, admins, same thing. 
you want your staff to be socially emotionally well, we need to model that as well because it's 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 not this. I've learned that the hard way as a teacher, but also as a parent. I can't just tell my daughter like, you know, work through your feelings or like, you know, it doesn't work like that. It's like modeling for her, you know, when mommy has her feelings like anger, how do I work through that? And, you know, and so it's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. This, this conversation has been so like on fire, everyone. (laughs) Fire emojis. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. My. Okay. Yeah. Are we wrapping up? Yeah, we're wrapping up. We're going to wrap I wanna up. I want to say like two more things. Like, yeah. I want to build on you. I guess it wraps well. This is like our little bow. Yes. So you were just saying like, you're telling your daughter to process her emotions mm-hmm. and you're not doing it, right? Is that like reminding me of the quote, like do as they say, not as I do. Yeah. Right. Just like the whole PD thing where like, you're supposed to be doing all these checks for understandings and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going to talk at you, but yeah. don't do this with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> like okay thanks for telling me um mm-hmm. and it's just that like when we're teaching I do we do you do but yes. if the teacher can't do it right if we can do the I do as in the teacher doing it to model mm-hmm. it we can't do it together you don't know what the heck you're doing yeah <laughs> don't tell me to, mo- to to process my emotions mom when you don't know how to process your own emotions mom right yes. and, you pass. and yep. it's interesting because I feel like this next generation they're so sassy. Right. But mm-hmm. I think the big part is that they're more aware of their boundaries mm-hmm. is I think a big part of it. And they're more aware of consent mm-hmm. and they're not going to put up with your crap. <laughs> they can right. see right through it. You can see right not through gonna it. They're not going to get hit. <laughs> they're not going to go through all this stuff that we probably ex- experienced ourselves. Right. That was okay at the time, but now everyone is realizing like, this is not okay. And like, we're going to say it's not okay. And the kids are learning. This is not okay. So they're not going to be treated that way. Um, this is great segue, which get into, gets into anger. Yes. Right. Go. So we definitely come back to anger and you just brought it up and now it comes back to it. It's like when we don't listen. <laughs> oh it, my gosh. It creates so hard. It, it just reminded me of another story. Like I was just talking with my uncle and my husband was on the, it was speaker. We were like all talking on the phone. And I can't remember how I got to this part of the conversation, but it was like, my uncle was like, oh yeah, we just yell at each other. And if they don't let, if they, if they stop listening, we just hit them. Right. So it's like, you go from yelling to hitting, yeah. right. It's this evolution of communication. Right. Cause if I speak li- like, if you're not, I'm, I'm talking to you and you're not hearing me, I'm going to yell. I'm going to talk louder so you can hear oh, me. I- I'm talking really, really loudly and you don't hear me. I'm going to make you hear me. <laughs> Right. I'm going to hit you. And then my husband was like, my family doesn't hit. We just yell. And so it was this whole thing where he's like, there's just a lot of yelling. Right. And then you just keep yelling because no one hears you. So you feel like you have to just keep yelling. And so like, that's a thing where it's like in the classroom, I'm like concerned. I'm like, why are you yelling at the kids? Right. There's like, you don't need to be yelling at the kids. Just ask them how, like, what do you need? That's all you got to say. What What do do you you need? need? What do you need? (laughs) And they'll tell you. They'll, they'll totally tell you. They'll tell you. And if they say, I don't know, and you go, okay, great. I'll check in again. Check for understanding. I'll check in again, and I'll ask you what you need. Here's like, some options. Let's here's some, here's some options. You know, what is this what you need? What do you need? 
right? <laughs> and well, and that's the checks too, right? Like it's like uh-huh. whenever my kids upset, like I'm like, okay, what do you need right now? They say they know or maybe they don't know, and I'm like, okay, do you need a break? Do you need a mint? Do you need to get some like what's happening? Right? How mm-hmm. do you like? What does your body feel like? What? How do you feel? I'll ask them. And like my head hurts, my stomach hurts. This hurts, that hurts. Okay, let's go get you a band aid. Go get some water. You sound dehydrated. This is how your body works, <laughs> right? And going through all this stuff, and and just the importance of understanding anger as as it's emotional information, mm-hmm. right? There's something wrong. There's a boundary that's been crossed. I don't need to yell more. We don't need to increase our voice. We don't need to hit anyone. Like let's just okay. What do you need? I see a boundary has been crossed for you. What do you need? Ooh, y'all teachers. I'm tying it back into us. It's like, we are, we are, we are angry. I mean, I'm I'm not going to, okay. I'm not going to say it for everyone, but I'm just sensing like, look, we're recording this after the recent school shooting, right? Like there's a lot of anger right now in the profession. Okay. So how do we communicate what we need? And then how do we communicate? How do everyone else or just be able to actively listen to each other? Like, that's what it is. It's like, how do we communicate what we need, but also actively listen? You know, like, I, I don't know. It's like when you, I'm, I'm coming back around to your metaphor of how like the classroom is like a microcosm of a society. It's, and I mean, I don't know. That's just a food for thought. But like that makes me think about like, okay, how do we communicate? What exactly do we need? And maybe we don't know because we need to actually figure out what we individually need yeah oh my gosh you're making my, my mind my, my mind is all over the wall <laughs> mind blow but we gotta wrap this up and so maybe there's just another opportunity for another conversation <laughs> but yeah. yeah you opened a can of worms with that welcome to the jam with jocelyn podcast everyone we just jam and go wherever we want but <laughs> Thank you so much, Erica. This was such a, like a fun, fiery, enlightening conversation. Like we went everywhere. Like, and so if you have listened to the very end, clap, clap for you for staying with us. Woo woo. You know? the I realize there's no video. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so thank you for sticking with us. And um, do you have, can you actually let the audience know how can they connect with you? Um, you have any offerings in terms of as as a coach and things like that that you want to share with the audience? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. Hopefully, I don't know. World changes fast. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> begin branching out. All one word. Um, you can also find me at my website, beginbranchingout.com. Uh, you could also email me directly, Erica, E-R-I-K-A at beginbranchingout.com. And then if you are looking for a way to help listen to yourself and wind down at the end of the day so you can sleep properly instead of having emotional constipation. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Emotional You're a welcome. You can come check out my freebie. It's beginbranchingout.com slash grace, G-R-A-C-E, which is an acronym for a process. Um, I call it the evening grace reflection to help decompress and just get a good night's sleep. I'll put it that way. Oh, nice. We all want a good night's sleep, y'all, without having to think overthink right like as as we do as educators and just regular people so um one last question before we wrap it up what is your favorite song to that you like to jam to 
Yeah, absolutely. So Jocelyn told me about this ahead of time. And yeah. I through like my Spotify playlist of like songs. And I was like, oh no, but that one, but that one, but that one. And I'm like, no, this is one, this is it. It's Lucky by Jason Mraz. Okay, and I'm going to write that down. My favorite version is it's live from Spotify. Um, he Like the normal recording is with Jason Mraz and Colby Calais, mm. who I love. They're, they're my two favorite artists. And I love this one because he's like talking to like the Spotify um, employees and he's just like, yeah, like, thank you so much for taking your, your lunch break to, to, to hang out with us and like, listen. And it's just such an amazing song because I feel like it talks so much about like where you are and just being appreciative of like where you are in, in the world. And so it's, it's, of course it's emotional and like romantic. Mm-hmm. And you can also like apply it to anything else. It doesn't have to be about a romantic partner. And so I would encourage you, if you've never heard Jason Mraz's Lucky, it's amazing. So good. Never heard of that. So I'm going to add it to the playlist for us. So thank you for sharing that. Yoo-hoo! Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time, the conversation, and just jamming with me on this podcast, on the show. And I hope that everyone enjoyed our conversation and followed along with us. Um, And yeah, so thanks so much, Erica, for being on the show today. Absolutely. I want to like do a little teacher thing, like checks for understanding, message Jocelyn and like (laughs) tell us or me, you could like, we'll share it. We'll talk about it. What's something you took away from this episode? Like, I'd love to hear what, what resonated with you or what made you angry? (laughs) Like what? Tell us. Tell us. Information. Yes, I love that. You just combine teaching and coaching all in there. <laughs> right there. Text for understanding, but also what are your takeaways? That's awesome. Way to wrap that up, Erica. <laughs> all That's right. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Bye, y'all. Have a good night or day or whatever time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Alrighty, teacher and educator friends. I hoped you enjoyed listening to our fun and enlightening and mind-blown conversation where we just dived into all different avenues of thoughts and perspectives. And here are the takeaways from today's episode. One, tune in and listen to yourself. This builds your self-awareness of your own emotional well-being. Two, emotional well-being is being able to hold space for yourself to feel your feelings. Your feelings are information for you to know and understand yourself and your needs that aren't being met. Three, it begins with you practicing tending to your own emotions and needs so that you can tend to the emotions and needs of your students. Four, don't make assumptions of what your students need. Practice consent by asking, what do you need? Five, ask for help. Growth happens exponentially when you ask for help and support. Six, your body is always taking in information and will let you know when your boundaries have been crossed and your needs haven't been met. Alrighty, and here are coaching questions to help you reflect on today's conversation and topic. There are four. One, what does it look like to hold space for you to build your self-awareness by listening to yourself and tending to your own emotional well-being? Two, what are your needs that need to be tended to? Three, who can you reach out to that will actively listen and hold space for you to process your emotions and thoughts? And four, what does it look like to actively listen and receive feedback from your students so that you can support them in the way that that meets their needs? Okie dokie. What a soulful 
inspiring and fun conversation with Erica. I invite you to check out Erica's free grace resource that help you decompress from an exhausting day. As a friendly reminder, go and check out the free Teacher's Corner Wellness Resources where the link to Erica's free grace resource will also be available. And the Teacher's Corner Wellness Resource reminder is your one-stop shop to access all the tools that support your mental and emotional well-being as a teacher and educator. And the link to access this free resource is in the show notes. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, I invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And thanks for listening in. I can't wait to jam with you next time. Bye, y'all.